I got goosebumps. I got tinglies. I got I got the warm fuzzies. <laughs> Three, two, prepare one. for lights. Punch it, Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, hey, to Holocron Hoopla. <laughs> oh. Hoopla! Hoopla! <laughs> wow, I just totally talked over you. The unofficial Welcome. podcast of This Is The Way. <laughs> we are back one final time for season three of The Mandalorian. We just watched episode eight, The Return, which is also the finale of Mandalorian season three. And we're here with the Hoopla Crewpot to talk all about it. All this wonderful action-packed adventures with Mandalorian fights and bad guys with fake lightsabers and scary things and Grogu doing cool stuff. A wonderful episode, and I can't wait to get into it. Joining me for this wonderful conversation, as always, is the Jedi historian, Andy Smith. Thanks, Jamie. Andy Smith here, a connoisseur of many nerdy things. DC, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, and Star Wars, of course. You know... I feel like every one of our theories was absolutely incorrect. You could um, say that but, again. You know, at least we tried. <laughs> at least we tried. <laughs> you know what? The writers should have just listened to us and written the show towards our theories, but that's fine. Season four will have all of our theories come that's true. That's what it is. Hopefully. Ain't that right? Everybody's favorite droid, Chris Pio. C3 Pio, human cyborg relations. I'll say it again. All of our theories were very wrong. We got a pretty uh, placid episode finale here uh, as far as you know, where things ended up. So I'm excited to talk about the, the end result, the true happy ending here, and, and how we got there over the course of this episode. Who's the spy? I don't think anyone was. <laughs> yeah, nothing was, was a spy. <laughs> The spy was Could still the, be the Disney armorer. writing staff Could, that yeah. made us no, think there was actually no, spies. Could still be Kill the armorer. theory. Is, there's not a, nah, there's nah, not nah, a nah, spy. Nah, we'll we'll get into it. But then how do you explain the episode title of The Spies? Exactly. There had to be spies. We'll never know. But before we dive into all the wonderful stuff of this episode, we do have one final member of the Hoopla Crew Plot to introduce here. Very special guest this week. We have one of those tiny little droids on wheels that tries to stop R5, but is just <laughs> incapable of doing anything because it's just a tiny little droid. It's Jake Laxer. Me, 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 me. No, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my line for the whole scene. <laughs> wee, woo, wee, woo. <laughs> Send for reinforcements. Yeah. Now we have five of us. Me, 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 me. Anyhow, <laughs> like Beaker from the Muppets. I don't know. Anyhow, Jake Laxer yeah. here, lover of all things TV and movies. As you mentioned it, Jim, uh, I realized the return is the conclusion of the third season of uh, Mando as well as the third and final film of the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi. I thought that was kind of beautifully well scripted. I just realized that. So that's pretty dope. Let's dive in. And I fucking love the action sequences in this episode. Oh my God. I got goosebumps. I got tinglies. I got got the warm fuzzies. (laughs) 
<laughs> with warm fuzzy wow. tingles that's, that's what they should have f- named the episode <laughs> that's what we'll name this episode <laughs> jake those aren't feelings that's the flamethrower that's being uh, launched at oh, you yes indeed it was it was hot <laughs> it was oh yeah we should say we're recording this episode of the podcast <laughs> on mandalore right now so <laughs> a little risky a little dangerous but it's more fun that way is hot <laughs> yeah boom mike takes a whole other meaning <laughs> thanks for tuning into this episode of the holocron hoopla podcast we appreciate everybody for listening out there if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to it's very helpful to spread the word of the show to all the other star wars fans out there or fans of any fantasy superhero stuff we got all sorts of hoopla going on all over the place Chris, if someone wants to, you know, find us on Twitter, keep up up to date with all the wonderful goings on in the world of Hoopla, where can they find us? For all of your Hoopla-related correspondence, you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram at Hoopla Podcasts. And, of course, you can find us on TikTok now. Uh, catch little snippets of episodes, maybe some little bonus content there. Uh, be sure to tune in, follow, like, subscribe, do all those fancy things, as we'd love to engage with you online. And uh, let us know what you thought about season three of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian? <laughs> Mandalorian? It was a stretch, but Sorry, I like yeah, it. All, like yes. That. All I want to yes. say is for Mandalore. I want to shout it from the rooftops. For Mandalore. For Mandalore. <laughs> Clanging our bracers together. And if you would like to support the show by getting yourself some fancy merchandise, Andy, where can someone go for something like that? Take a look at hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site. And you can enter the get some holocron hoopla gear, uh, some a, a few T-shirts, mugs, both Hobbit related and Star Wars related. So take a look if you'd like to support the podcast, and we'd appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate all of it. Uh, all those wonderful links will be found in the episode description to get to the Twitters and the the merch store and all that lovely stuff. And without any further ado, I'll introduce myself. I guess. Because I forgot to do that, but that's okay. My name is Jamie Clare, and we will be right back after this quick break. Welcome back. Let's dive into this episode, the finale episode of season three. Let's just start with some general thoughts on the episode. A ton of stuff happened, a lot of fight scenes, very cool fight scenes, a lot of plot was resolved a lot of plot was maybe resolved in ways we weren't expecting but let's just get some general feelings as to you watch this episode what'd you think chris were you satisfied i was satisfied it was a very satisfying ending to use that word in its original definition i think if you were disappointed with the way that the episode ended or if of any of the uh transgressions that occurred up to that point then i, I think you're really not <laughs> catching the feelings of of what this show was meant to be about this is this was an adventure story from start to finish you say the season three finale it's very well possible that it could be this series finale now i could would love be. to see more mando i think there are more stories to tell but again if you were disappointed with anything in this episode i i'm, I'm not gonna say you're not a true star wars fan you're entitled to your own opinion but Rick Fuyama did an absolutely great job directing these final two episodes, and and especially this last one. And truly, I think there could have been maybe a little more attention to detail. Uh, The the runtime was only 38 minutes, so some things were scrapped together a bit hastily at the end. 
But in all, all in all, if we're asking for general feelings, I feel excellent about the episode. Nice. I'm happy to hear that. What about you, Jakey boy? I was thoroughly entertained. Start to finish. Do I think some aspects of it were a little overdone? Perhaps. Um, but I, I do feel that that was very minor. For example, uh, very dramatically, we see Giancarlo Esposito, or Moff Gideon, at one point say, I'm going to go find the Mandalorian. He turns around and makes this dramatic exit out of the <laughs> sliding doors, but somehow remains in the same room to confront Mando later in that episode. So I don't know where he went to go search. Um, <laughs> he was searching was in all regrets. the drawers. He was looking in cabinets. <laughs> yeah. you he know, was he could be in anywhere. a trap. <laughs> he was actually doing flips uh, atop the chandelier like Grogu was later in the episode. He, he was, was allowing there. his guardsmen to die <laughs> yeah. and then let Mando get in and then trap him. Let all the guards die. Let all the clones get killed and then show yeah. up to stop Mandalorian. Yeah, so that was that was one of my gripes. Uh, outside of that, I'll get to the other one later because I don't want to overdo it at the start of the episode because this episode was amazing. I like I liked it so much. The the Mandalorians fighting the flight the flying troopers was just in the air was so dope with Bo-Katan like yeah s- stabbing a person through the chest with the dark saber. It was just so sick. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. As a Star Wars adventure story, I thought this was a wonderful ending to the series or to the season, maybe series, but definitely the season uh, where for the first time, really, you felt like the stormtroopers who now have Beskar armor. It's always interesting to see in these new properties. How do they up up the power level of, mm. you know, the enemies around them? They fly and now? The Beskar, the Beskar armor <laughs> stormtroopers are actually, you know feasible enemies like there were mandalorians that were dying none of our Mm. main characters which is probably i i don't know if you can say that's a gripe but it's definitely something it seemed like they were setting up and that didn't take place Uh, but in just like an action adventure story i thought this was wonderful it had all the Mm -hmm. uh, all the beautifully choreographed scenes it resolved certain plot lines like uh, you know, and we don't have to get all the way into it right now. Like Moff Gideon's cloning himself, so he is different than what uh, you know, the other Imperial remnants are doing. He's not a part of the uh, you know, the overall Palpatine returning storyline. Um, so I thought that was a lot of fun. I I just recent like I just watched it, and I'm just trying to think of all the different sequences. There's so like there was so much that happened from the very beginning. The previously on, you have Paz Vizsla dying, and it gets right into Bo-Katan running, yep. Mandalorian escaping, and, you know, the it was a fun 38 minutes, and I actually it appreciated fun. that it was what, what we would say is tight. It's not, they're not putting in additional scenes, like it's, right. I, I really like the way that Rick Famuyiwa directed both of these episodes, and I thought they were pretty well written episodes as well. Um, I think he could be a great candidate to do another yes. Star Wars movie. Absolutely. Oopla. I concur. I completely agree. It was agree. actually yeah. epic in nature, like in terms of how it was. It felt like a cinematic experience for a, a, a good portion of the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, mean, the, the flying fight scene yeah, was yeah, yeah. one of but the coolest scenes. <laughs> it should have been a movie. Arguably. You know what? It's a movie. I correct myself for correcting you. It was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, I mean the the flying fight scene was incredible. The Mando versus the awesome. guards going one door at a time, having R5 open up those laser doors so he could go take out two guards, open the next door, take out two guards, open the next door. Yeah. Possibly my favorite scene in all of Mandalorian. That was oh, so cool awesome. to have. I mean, just Mando fighting. He starts out with no weapon, fights the first two yes. guys, isn't able to get the gun from the first guy, goes in, yes. like, grabs a sword off of his thigh holster, detail. takes one guy down with a sword, steals the blaster from the next guy, takes the next dude down. Incredible scene. Uh, mm-hmm. A very, very fun episode. I think the runtime kind of hindered what could have come from this episode. I think they rushed through a few things a little bit too much. If this episode was maybe 50 minutes long, I think they could have dived into the Moff Gideon storyline a little bit more because we were just kind of getting teasers about it throughout the series, uh, throughout the season. And then we just see all of his clones in these tanks for mm. 10 seconds and then they're dead right you know right. maybe we could have had a couple of his clones have been you know fully grown they come out they you know do a little bit of fighting we see that maybe he succeeded in putting some force capabilities into these clones and we get a little bit of a of a jedi moff gideon that then gets taken down by mando i just think sith no, I'm gonna correct Jedi. you. <laughs> sure, yes. sure. He's not a Sith. Jake. Come on, be real. I, uh, That's right. Be real. Get you, it right. I was you're just right, Darth Smithius. You're right. You're right. Mildly disappointed in the way that they finished up the Moff Gideon storyline. I think. I think it was mm. rushed at the end, and they they could have gone into a lot more details and and given us a more interesting character uh, finale. For Moff Gideon than just him getting thoroughly defeated. To that point, I am in agreement. I was waiting for either a post-credit scene or an end-credit scene, mm-hmm. mid-credit scene. I, I would have taken any scene, maybe even a pre-show scene, or maybe a during the episode scene. During the episode scene, I felt that there should have been some continuation of the antagonist, not necessarily Moff yeah. Gideon, but something of the new. First order, we you know we have Ahsoka coming out. Show something of Thrawn, like oh he was incapable, like kind of like a Thanos situation. Fine, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I I would have been very uh, happily pleased with that, but instead we get the transition of Grogu lifting another frog, which they did that, and I wish they had done more frogs, which would have alluded to Luke showing him how to lift all the frogs earlier in Book of Boba Fett. But oh, like okay, progression. All one, yeah, like some progression. I, yeah. It's happy. To the Moff it's- Gideon point, I think the person that they were fighting is certainly burned to a crisp. But when you yeah. introduce cloning in any story, and you, in, oh, no. I, 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 I'm not going to get too speculative here. I don't have any somehow. main theories, but somehow, <laughs> somehow Moff Gideon, Gideon returns. Season four, Mandalorian, <laughs> Moff Gideon Again, return. we've been saying it. For maybe, you know, the entire season here, you don't bring on someone like Giancarlo Esposito for, for such a simple role. And and in the limited screen time he did over the past two episodes that he did have was phenomenal. I mean, he's just, everything he touches turns to gold. We know this, but I, I feel like 
you introduce the clones, you don't talk about them hardly for more than that mm-hmm. 10 seconds where uh, Din and, and Grogu actually mess with them, which uh, that was one of my small gripes. It's like, how do they know how to drain the pods and, and kill the clones? And why is Moff Gideon not there to defend that. them? Like, he has to have exactly. known that his guards yeah, got like, destroyed in the laser door room. Right. The next step is like, the clone like, room. <laughs> Come on. Like Jake said, what's the map? <laughs> I need the you are here in the mall. I, I need to know wh- <laughs> yeah. where these chambers are in correlation to each like, other. The, the red circle <laughs> that you are here. Okay, so we just passed the JC Pennies. That means the clones are on our right. Um, I, I, I think... Where's the Mythostore? <laughs> <laughs> That's why they pay him the big bucks, ladies and gentlemen. Um uh, I I just think that maybe Moff Gideon as an entity is not done with. Uh, perhaps there's a clone that survives. Perhaps there was a secret clone that was further than all the rest. Maybe we get some sort of Moff Gideon coming back. Uh, I think that one they were fighting is, is dead. I don't think they're going to do a Vader renaissance type of thing. But uh, I, I don't know. I, who knows if, if he's really gone. And I, I agree that there was there was no villain setup with all the shows coming out and with a 38 minute runtime you would think maybe there was something cut for time yeah and i do agree with that chris that maybe they do bring back moff gideon but i think my main issue with this episode is that they didn't do anything to lead towards moff gideon's return like if they if they had intentions of the clones being something in the future if they had intentions of moff gideon main or remaining as a villain they did not do anything in this episode to set him up as a returning character. And that's fine. I, I'm fine with letting Giancarlo Esposito go, considering he is such a high-profile actor. Um, but, you know, maybe speak to the Shadow Council or something. Like, some, someone's yeah, carrying on his legacy. Yeah. or yeah, You know, we get Hux. Have him mention something about the First Order now or whatever. I need some, mm-hmm. some escalation uh, upon resolve. Now, I guess, you know, they do at the end of the episode, there's the the final, almost, we talk about Thanos way too much on the show, but the, <laughs> the Thanos sitting on his farm yeah. with his little Grogu looking at the sunrise. They do, I mean, Mando is now in a place where he's going to help the New Republic. And he mentions, I'll help you go after the Imperial Remnant. So, mm-hmm. and that's what that Shadow Council is. It's right now, and just right. for the audience to know, in this timeline, the imp- this is the Imperial Remnant. The First Order doesn't come until way later when they actually form to be the First Order. So I'm interested, I'm, that was interesting they actually named that yeah. title, because that's something uh, Lucasfilm has talked about in the past. So I think that's leading into, that was their cue to say, when you see Mand- the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and Din Grogu next, they're going to be fighting off the, the rest of the Imperial Remnant, which happens to also include Grand Admiral Thrawn, Brendel Hux, Captain Palena, and all the others. That's a great point, Andy. And, and I know you have the history to work off of there. You're, you're a smarty and, and read books because, you know, we don't really do Nerd. that as much. Uh, <laughs> he's so smart uh, what, I'll say to th- <laughs> what I'll say to that point is that it's a smart way to <laughs> oh my god can Jar Jar read? yeah he was a senator 
<laughs> He's a sick Treasure lord. can't read. <laughs> he He's a, illiterate. A page that reads for him, and he just yells something into the crowd. <laughs> I, I'll say this. The way that you talked about the ending, Angie, it, it's something where Mandalorian has always been a, a, a treat for Star Wars fans, but also a good show for casual fans. And mm-hmm. we had a lot of that back and forth with who are the Night Owls? Who, who is Axe Voss? Who is really the armor? Who is Boba Fett and where is he going to appear? There's a lot of that crosstalk from all the other Star Wars shows. But this ending was good for both Star Wars fans who can look forward to fighting that Imperial Remnant with the shows and the Mandoverse to come. But it's also just a really cute, adorable ending for any casual yes. fans that are going to say, okay, that was the story. I didn't get all of it. I got most of it. And now I understand that Grogu is safe. That, that's not a slight on any casual fans by any means. Uh, if you're welcoming into this universe, we welcome you with open arms. But for the more hardcore fans, you've got both sides of it. You've got, you know that they're going to continue this story in some way. But you also have that very, you know, placated ending where everyone can just say, oh, good, happy ending. To that point, Chris, we, mm. you can clearly see that they've shifted back the focus of this show to Din and Grogu, where mm. a lot of this season, for good or for bad, was maybe they were a little bit more in the background. Maybe it was more about Bo-Katan, who was great, but some of the other Mandalorians and maybe some of the other storylines with Pershing and and some of those other grander aspects where that last scene felt like this was a coming home to where the show began in episode one, yes. two, and three, mm. right? Um, and I, I think that is, you know, there has been definitely been, not that I'm trying to get outside of the review of the episode, but then there's there's been a big drop-off in viewership, and some of that could have been because of this not being a singularly Mandalorian-focused show. And I think that could be a good thing going forward. To to that point, Andy, I think also a lot of it has to do with... <laughs> to that point. 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 I think that, <laughs> that, point, though, I think that really to, you made a good to point. To every point. Um, but to that point, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you know we haven't seen Grogu be Grogu as much this season. You mentioned Mando, but I really think it's more the fact that you know, we got our cute little snippets of Grogu, but he wasn't as prominent a character in this season as he had been in the past. Um, I still think Mando was very relevant, but you're right. The Mandalorian story arc was definitely catered towards the Mandalore uh, reprising. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and previous episodes or previous seasons of the Mandalorian, the story has been, uh, I guess away from all the other stories in the star wars universe like disconnected you don't need to know any star wars lore to have thoroughly enjoyed seasons one and two of the mandalorian right like you get in there it's an entirely new character you see a little baby yoda you're like oh i recognize the green guy that's fun he's a cute little puppet and you don't need to know backstory from these other cartoon shows you don't need to know the future of what's happening with the first order it certainly allows you to enjoy the story more if you know everything that's happened in the past and in the future but for a casual viewer you can watch seasons one and two and right. thoroughly understand the entire story from just what's on the mm-hmm. screen 
which we did and, not have in season three. And perhaps that's that's also what you're speaking to, Andy, is like for the casual fan, I, you know, perhaps this could have been a lot to digest. But by bringing it back, I think they've, you know, definitely appealed to the diehard fans. But now let's, you know, re, re you know, reappeal to the norm. And you know how you the average Joe reappeal to the norm is you have Bo-Katan mm. flying in with a dark saber <laughs> oh in front of her, God. leading an army of Mandalorians <laughs> blasting towards an army of flying stormtroopers. What a crazy scene. What a, yeah. a, a wild ride. That was so much fun. It was so cool. Hey, really yeah. quick before we talk about end of the, the details of that scene, they resolved a storyline that they promised from early season two when Din walks in and you see Bo-Katan and she says, Mandalorian, Mandalore cannot be retaken. It is a, a, a pit. It is a wasteland and we'll never get there. I don't have the Darksaber. And... They resolved the storyline with her with a dark saber flying in with an army of Mandalorians, which is just beautiful. Yeah, like mm. cheers. They they did it. Yeah, yeah. They really knocked it out of the park with that particular sequence. I I think seeing the armor fly through the yeah. air with, with hammer and tongs in hand, yeah, just yeah. absolutely crushing skulls. Everyone else is using blasters names. or the one yeah. dark saber, and then the armor is just using a hammer. Yeah incredible yeah the ha which was dope actually oh the, yeah that was that was a much cooler combat scene for the armor as opposed to when they were on navarro i yeah by by a landslide like not even comparable oh it's certainly not they saved the best for last year and, and what i think is cool is that if you go back and watch like an Avengers fight scene or an end or especially like end game where it's so chaotic at the very end, you can watch each individual character. You're going to see that they have choreographed fight sequences for, for their own little segments. But here it feels like they're all fighting as one Mandalore. Sure. You can zoom in on specific characters and maybe this is more just a, you know, again, a cut for time thing, but it just feels like they're all fighting as Mandalorians for Mandalore, and it felt so very cool to see them doing just a, a unified front. There was even that one shot where, like, the two sects of Man Mandalorians came together right before diving deeper into the caves, which was just really, really cool. Mandalorians uh, are stronger this, uh, together. Exactly. Apes stronger together. Yeah. It's, it's hard to just not say how cool it was because it was so cool. <laughs> I know that. I mean, just, it was cool. Just, it was cool as hell. That's just blistering insight coming to you here from everyone's favorite protocol droid. But yes, it was cool. <laughs> so I will say it is cool. There's a phrase Andy likes to toss around, which I'm gonna bring up here real quick. Um, it's it's whimsical, whimsical as can be. <laughs> no, that's Chris's line. I is said it, Andy. Oh, okay. Is it somehow Palpatine returned? <laughs> <laughs> I do bring no, that one up. No, I I oh, will I say brought that, that up this, this episode. <laughs> this episode felt earned. This this episode yeah, felt sure. entirely earned because it was a culmination, like Andy said. From the second we heard Bo-Katan, this is exactly the culmination of everything that it needed to be with all the different little cohorts of Mandalorians all working together and um, in just such an epic finale. Even Axe Woves just aiming the Imperial ship into the factory of... Moff Gideon's lair was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like 
It I don't, looked awesome. It was just absurd. <laughs> like it was it was like Fast and the Furious 10 absurd. That's <laughs> but how it was like right it was. down the line. But it was it beautiful. Was like, oh, it was this beautiful. is such a classic Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Anakin sitting on the the throne there along with Pal- uh, Palpatine and and Ewan and they're going down. Like that's just a right. classic like a classic trope in Star Wars. Also the Imperial ship going down. Right. Right. And I loved how the directors decided, or the director decided to uh, not kill Axe Woves in that scene, where he like shoots yeah. out the uh, yeah. front, the front glass to the ship and just flies out. That was so yeah, sick. Because I mean, loved every second of that. At the beginning of the episode, like when he was first escaping, and we had theorized last week that maybe Axe Woves is the spy here. So the whole time that he's flying back up to the fleet. I'm thinking, oh, is he going to is he going to sabotage the mission? Is he going to? And then he sends everyone yeah. off. Uh-oh. I was like, Uh-oh. oh, he's taking the ship and he's about to attack him. By the way, jetpack fuel is unlimited on Mandalorian. <laughs> okay, I thought, I thought you might bring that up. <laughs> it's limitless. Oh, yeah. On your home planet, do you get like a plus fifty percent reserve boost or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like a bonus. Seriously, the yeah, clean so like, at, what, at what point can he not breathe anymore? Like this guy, he's like he's like upper atmosphere. Yeah. I'm doing fine, and he's yeah, just going. Just pressurize yeah. the can't chase. pressurize the helmet. Give yourself, you know, a little extra time and freeze up there in the upper atmosphere. He flew into space. What a what a crazy dude! I even know you could do ties. that. He beat the yeah. ties so effectively. Incredible. Yeah, seriously. And then he crashed a whole ship into a a base exploded everything killing right. moff gideon in a fiery explosion which exciting cool maybe i was mildly disappointed by his death but that's fine because we also got to see a beautiful moment of grogu using his force powers to save mando and oh. bo katan and i thought we were going to get grogu's first words in that scene as they're standing there in the oh, sphere of energy should have. he should have said we are grow Groot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are the way. Uh, how long you had that one we in the chair? Since the, the moment I saw yeah. that episode, and I thought, I've <laughs> but, seen this before I, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume I, 1. Yes, yeah. I totally was going to say I got the same exact vibe in that scene, yes. Well, not to be... Uh, we, we say things between casual and diehard fans, it makes us sound elitist, but... In one particular instance here, I think I know what Andrew's about to say. We have seen this before, but we're seeing it a little different. I was wondering, Chris, if you picked up this little Grogu uh, does an amazing move that we've seen by one of our favorite animated Jedis, Kanan Jarrus, saving his friends. Mm-hmm. from a blaster you know blistering fire by doing this force wall and the fact that grogu does that to save the mandalorians in the case of kanan he did perish in that in that ending spoilers but for grogu to <laughs> oh, save, yeah we better add a spoiler oh, tag oh no, someone needs to edit in a spoiler <laughs> tag for that Uh-oh. it's been out for 10 years people Has you it? gotta get on it uh, it's it's it's, it's close, close isn't it <laughs> uh the fact that he saves his friends in, the, you know, to your point, the, to that point, to that point, Jamie, you said we are like, we are like Mandalore, right? Like that's the, the theme of this season and the Mandalorians are stronger together. And that scene is so great for that 
you know, that theme because you have, uh, you know, Bo-Katan saving Din, Din saving Grogu, Grogu then saving Din again. Like it's back and forth with them working together to defeat uh, Moff Gideon. Um, thought process on the mechanized suit used by Moff Gideon. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. That was a pretty cool suit. Strong enough to just crush a Darksaber. Yeah. Rest in peace, Darksaber. Do we think that that was a, a beautiful end to the Darksaber storyline, where now Bo-Katan is the leader of all the Mandalorians? She brought together all the different divided sects of Mandalorians, and now she doesn't have this symbol to make her the leader? Is that like a beautiful storyline, or is it just kind of a, ah, whatever, I guess the Darksaber's dead now? I didn't feel very invested in that storyline, I guess. I don't know how you guys felt about it dying. Uh, the Darksaber's been around for a while, if, if you are a fan of those extended shows, especially the animated stuff. Um, I... 3,000 years, actually. <laughs> Probably more. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's, it might be featured in the Dawn of the Jedi, which was 25,000 <laughs> years beforehand, so I, I don't know. Well, when was that? It was, was a terrible Tar ending. Vizsla, right? When, when was <laughs> the, uh, the first, the first Mandalorian, Mandalorian Jedi? Jedi. Uh, it's always been said that the Vizsla. yeah the Vizsla clan I it's always Vizsla, been said Vizsla, <laughs> he she Vizsla, Vizsla. <laughs> <laughs> it's been said for uh, throughout multiple shows and, and multiple sequences that the, the Darksaber is cursed and many theorized when it came back in, in season 2 of Mandalore is that we would see it be used yes either for the reclaiming of Mandalore or in some effect, uh, to destroy any hopes of Mandalore, Darth Maul had it for a little while, so we know that it, it was definitely an, an agent of evil in some regards. Uh, I think it's pretty good ending for the Darksaber here. Uh, it's Moff Gideon taking it out definitely made sense instead of it, like, I don't know, falling off the side of a clip and being lost off screen or something. So for Moff Gideon to just straight up crush it, I thought was really cool and a finite ending for something that has been talked about for a lot of different times, but is is potentially cursed, I guess. So now that Mandalore has been reclaimed, they don't need the Darksaber anymore. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to feel, but I do think the coolest part of the whole sequence was the fact that he did just straight crush it with yeah. his hand. Bo-Katan should have lost her hand. True. We didn't see a single hand get lost this she, whole season. She, this isn't Star Wars at all. Yeah, and if that, there's a and there's a common theme among Star Wars with losing your hand. It's almost like true? an honorable an honorable like trend. That could have been I cool. I, I was pretty disappointed when they <laughs> when they broke the lightsaber. Um, and also, I don't I don't know. I him just I get it. He has his dark trooper armor on. He's overpowered. But just crushing a lightsaber doesn't seem like something. Like, why hasn't Vader been doing that? Like, why, why, like, why, why is that never a, something that, Jedi, uh, you know, Sith or Jedi do to their when every single fight? Because we've never seen a dark like saber before. Okay. <laughs> but then we've why, never seen a dark. Why didn't Obi Wan force heal Qui Gon? Okay, <laughs> you can't, you can't pick that apart. Yeah, but it's a lightsaber. It's I'm not, so like, sad. Maybe Obi Wan doesn't know how to force heal Qui Gon, but everyone could try and break their opponent's lightsaber. It just fair, seemed I, I didn't like that. But uh, 
I mean, it was a cool moment. Yeah. It was a cool it shot. Was a, it was a cool scene between Moff Gideon fighting against Mando and then fighting against Bo-Katan with the Peruvian guards. Can we <laughs> talk about how the Peruvian guards were not scary at all in this episode? They made them look like normal-ass stormtroopers just flailing around. And I know Grogu's got like some cool jumping skills, cool force abilities and stuff. But they yeah. just looked like fools. Like all three of them go to chase after Grogu, and then they're just like flailing for forty-five minutes trying to hit Grogu. Are they not a highly trained, skilled set of guards? They are inferior to a force user. I I don't think that's without question. But obviously, you know, Grogu's no specialist. So I mean, yeah, to your point, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, he's yeah. a child. <laughs> I guess it's the question with the writing there. It's do you do you underpower the the opponent to make your main character you know triumphant or cool in a moment? Right. Like have a good visual of Grogu jumping around. Whereas if you took the Last Jedi five Praetorian guards, they would have killed both Din and Grogu based on how powerful they were. Right. Like they, mm. they, you needed two fully skilled Jedi or fully skilled force users like Kylo and, and Ray to defeat them. So that was an odd thing. I enjoyed the scene. Once again, it was fun to watch Grogu jumping around. So it was like right. a happy ending. He was even was laughing. It like, it, <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's laughing. And then, like, you know, he's a little, the little bar falls on him and you're like, oh no, Grogu. Yeah, but know. we know Grogu's not, they're not going to off Grogu with this Praetorian guard here. Well, if they uh, off Grogu, they off the show. That's, I mean, that's right. that's just fact. That is law <laughs> in the Mandalorian. But they did undervalue, I think. I mean, they they gave them the payoff with killing Paz Vizsla so quickly and easily. But then they weren't able to do so with Grogu. So I felt like maybe they thought yeah, they did And it's not even that they didn't more. defeat Grogu. Like, them losing to Grogu, I think, would be fine, even if they were talented. But Chris's finger's broken. But I just think they were they were flailing around like idiots, which is the opposite of what they looked like in the previous episode. Mm. So I don't know if they got concussed fighting against Paz Vizsla, Paz Vizsla and they just didn't know how to fight anymore or what was going on. I, I think yeah. Grogu I mean, had the high ground. That's true. <laughs> uh, I'll Grogu this. was cooing, don't If try. we're talking about the Praetorian Guards, Paz Vizsla put up a, a hell of a fight. I think if he had, like, taken one of them out, or at least injured one in a significant way, it would have made the flailing that Grogu does and them trying to, you know, tackle, take him down, that would have made it a, a bit more sense because it kind of balances out the power levels there. But I agree with you, that, w that was a little strange how, I mean, it took Mando, like, a very, very, very long time to take out all three and, and some very specific movesets. But yet they could not like reach a little higher with their energy yeah. staffs. It, it, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. It was definitely plot armor. I think I think what they needed to do go back a few episodes, two or three episodes. Let's set up the paintball scene again. Get rid of Ragnar. Let's put in Paz Vizsla, <laughs> and we need to see Grogu take him out with three paintballs. Then this scene makes sense. <laughs> if oh Grogu God. was just blasting the Peruvian so guards with paintballs, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like a minigun. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to go back to base after you're tagged. But yeah, I, I did think that scene was drawn out when they were trying to get him off the chandelier-esque item. Um, I don't know. The, I, I feel like that scene could have ended far more quickly. Yeah, that was just or that was one of the scenes that I could, uh, wasn't super into. I think they kind of lost it. It wasn't as cool of a fight scene as we had. There were so many other cool fight scenes. And to have this one that was just kind of underwhelming. I would have preferred to see them fight more with against Bo-Katan and Din and Grogu at the same time. Yeah. Like that would have been more of a payoff for those characters, which are the most elite Imperial. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Troopers. Right. You you kind of touched on what I was kind of hoping for that scene, Eddie. I wanted to see increased abilities on Grogu's behalf in that scene. We really didn't see an improvement. Like this was his time to shine, to show what Luke had cho- like taught him and instructed over the past two years, but we really didn't get much beyond what he could already have done with the mud horn. Yeah. Okay, he can flip now, but but then about ten now? minutes later, he saves the, their <laughs> yeah, lives yeah, with the yeah. force shield that only a right. Jedi master could do. Right. So I don't know. So like, like they definitely so like, gave him a lot of abilities in this episode. Sh- sure, sure, sure. But, but I'm saying that in moment, that scene, in that moment, if you're gonna make the guards look like ass, then <laughs> increase Grogu's ability. Yeah, and I I was slightly disappointed that the IG twelve suit was uh, yeah rest in peace IG twelve suit uh, season three episode seven Man- of the Mandalorian to season three episode <laughs> eight of the Mandalorian uh, not a very long life no um, I it did give one of the best bits in the entirety of Star Wars where he tries to spray the uh, the health spray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on on Mando's face because he doesn't understand. He's like, I'm fine, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Because yeah. he's he's seen IG Eleven do that before to try and heal Mando, but he doesn't understand that there's a helmet on. Uh, brilliant, so funny there. Uh, but yeah, I I thought that he was gonna like attune to the suit and and make it part of his force powers and and be all agile and stuff. But yeah, it just ended up being a little flailing around. I did like how Grogu helped. Yeah, him it was fight. awesome that I mean, Grogu. He, Helping. I don't think Mando could not have done one on three. I mean, he Paz no. Paz died. We would have seen Mando die too if. Grogu and then my theory there. would have been correct. Instead, we had zero I correct know. theories. Oh. Man, we why well, would we Grogu had, we save really him? Din Grogu, what are you doing? Sucked at theories last week. Listen to Din yeah, Jamie. We went like <laughs> O for fifty. Like I don't think we got a single hey, theory. Right. I think we speculated I said, too much, and we should have just stop, stopped with the "It's going to be a happy ending." Like it was just a happy ending. Like, I that said, was ending. Razor. Grogu was going to save Din, and I was right. So I will take claim right. to my. Theory. Of course, Grogu okay. was going to say that's not even a theory. They all that's saved just, each uh, other. Yeah, Jake. Uh, no, you get credit. Good job, where Jake. I, where I went wrong, he saves <laughs> in at the end of every single season. Jake, where where I went wrong is he did not save him from the dark saber. That was that was That's where my true. theory was. He flawed. didn't ride the mythosaur. There was no spy <laughs> at all, which I think was another thing that yeah. kind of disappointed me about the Moff Gideon storyline is that there was, mm. they set up this mystery of who freed Moff Gideon from the prison ship. Ooh, there's a little bit of Baskar left over. Ooh, yeah. the Mandalorian's working with them? Turns out, no. He was just saved by the like people, the stormtroopers that he's been working with, hey, giving them the Baskar hey, armor. They have Baskar. It so all makes sense, makes but it's... Sense, but they, they yeah. teed it up to be... like The audience expectation was right. there was going to be... And they were doing that with the armor the yeah. whole season. 
right? Like they were setting up kind of this odd dynamic. Oh man, you guys like made me think of something that would have made me really excited. Imagine a post credit scene with the armor speaking to the Shadow Council. We failed. Oh that shit! That would have been so dope. <laughs> Dang! That would have been so that sick. Been crazy. Ugh. but yeah, I don't know. They, I think they just overall. I think if you look at like a summary of the storyline, thinking of just the Moff Gideon storylines from this season. If you were to read like the spark notes of it, you'd be like, oh, that's a really interesting storyline. That was great. The plot points that they hit are good. I think their just process of getting through the story fell short. I think they could have spent more time, gone into more detail with certain aspects of it. I'm fine with the little misdirection of, ooh, is there a spy? No, there's not a spy. But overall, I was just mildly disappointed with the Moff Gideon storyline. Yeah. With the... Another thought that came to mind, Jamie, around Moff Gideon and his full... And it wasn't just this season arc, right? Like, this is the culmination of what started in episode one of season one to get Grogu, to get the uh, presumably midichlorians from his yep. blood and, and do the, the DNA transfer like uh, Pershing mm. talked about. Uh, what happens now that... His plan failed. Does Pershing and Elia Kane just go to Brendel Hux and join the First Order? Is there like there? There's some interesting things that could be set up. Mm. I was a, I would, I was a bit disappointed that there was, n- and maybe this is just me as a speculating super fan. I was hoping that there was a grander plan for yeah. Moff Gideon, not mm-hmm. just this one narcissistic you know isb officer that hates the mandalorians and has a personal vendetta like Mm. i kind of wanted it to be a little bit grander into the first order a bit more they introduced that through the shadow council but him specifically he was just doing this for himself to create an army of himself that was force users that was a little a little odd i don't think that would have worked out either way maybe it would have who knows? I don't know. Maybe one of his clones half his face burns and then he has this weird <laughs> scar mark going through the middle of it and that becomes Snoke? Is oh. this the supreme leader? I mean, I really thought too. those were Snokes in the tubes until it, you look at it and you're like, wait, that's him. Hmm. I don't know. He I might mean, look that was different just my, that was if he's my incinerated and then has to get healed. Sure. Anything could happen. Somehow Palpatine returns. Somehow yeah. Moff Gideon turns into Snoke. <laughs> we'll figure it out in post. Yeah. Another storyline that didn't get fully resolved, which I was a little disappointed at. I know I'm talking a lot of disappointment today. I'm sorry. I got to bring up the Hoopla vibes. But it was fun. It was, it was fun, still fun. But yeah, Hoopla! Um, I'll bring, we'll bring it back. Hoopla! Hoopla! We got such a cool scene in episode three, I believe. Of the Mythosaur when Bo-Katan sees it in the mines or in the waters beneath the mines. Um, and then we don't see it at all until the very end when Grogu's like, oh, look, there's a Mythosaur down there. And the Mythosaur opens its eye again. <laughs> like, why, why are they going to tease it at the beginning of the season um, just to then tease it at the end of the season? You don't need two teases. You get one tease and then one to actually have it happen. I was fine with another Mythosaur tease because it... If there's something, you know, that we can look forward to next season, it is the Mythosaur, hopefully. Unless they tease it <laughs> just again. Just keep teasing it. But there <laughs> might not even be a next season. 
Also, I don't think we're going to be heading back to... I mean, we'll probably head back to Mandalore at some point to see what's happened since. But right. I wouldn't expect like Mandalore to be a full... Like, that's not going to be the, the, a main portion of the season. Agreed. I liked Agreed. The, the little eye opening of the mythosaur that yeah looks up and connects with grogu yeah i think that's why i liked it that was cool because it seemed like they were force connecting or something similar mm. to that and he was almost giving approval on grogu being a mandalorian din grogu. um din grogu din being grogu. a mandalorian yeah did we what know that those were that? like surnames i i thought his name was just din jaren I didn't, well, you yeah. have the Vizsla clan, and it's like Paz Vizsla, Tar Vizsla, but not the first name. Yeah. Like, yeah. Din, yeah. Is Din just for foundling well, so I was, turned? Uh, doing a little studying up on oh, this. good question. And apparently, yeah. so oh. Din Djarin oh. was like a foundling, right? So his name came from a different society. He wasn't named in the same convention that the Vizslas were. So in his, whatever society he came mm. from as a foundling, their family name comes first. Din. Oh. Oh, so his actual parents that were yeah. that we saw in the flashback. So his parents were Din, Din whatever. And Din, Din whatever. Meet and Din, Din Grogu. <laughs> well, they weren't Din this episode. I'll tell you. That, much. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I've been wondering. One, one, Keep, wonder Din. Keep trying. Wonder Din. Wonder Din, Din where they Din. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking speaking of parents, we get a a new parent in this episode, and how sweet was that moment when he fully adopts and Grogu's little eyes when he just so cute when he says he's going to adopt him. He looks up at his new dad. He's like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) that's a pretty good Grogu. I've been practicing. That sounds Uh, a pretty good clicker too. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, 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 that, w- that was a perfect little scene. Uh, that was one of the hasty scenes that I didn't have a problem with. Um, I feel like, you know, they, they go and he talks to, uh, uh, not Tevian, um, Captain Tava. Tava. He goes and oh, talks shit. to Tava. That was a little quick. <laughs> goes to talk back to, to uh, Grief Karga. That was a little quick. But the scene in the minds of Mandalore that... I also noticed how uh, most, if not all, I'd have to watch it again, but all the Mandalorians have their helmets on. And I don't know if that's kind of like a respect to the minds of Mandalore, the living waters, or maybe it's just a respect to the ceremony. Uh, either way, but I, even the people that didn't have their helmets on for most of the uh, the last couple episodes did have them on, which was super yeah. cool to see. Um, yeah. I, I just, felt it to be ceremonial. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm there. You felt the ceremony to be ceremonial? <laughs> I certainly felt the ceremony was ceremonial. Yeah, and I thought so. so we should too. all wear our ceremony Fantastic hats. insight from oh, the hoopla yeah, I thought pod. So too, Thanks, yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hoopla! But yes, you Din, ought to know. <laughs> Din is a father now. I love it. Let's all wear a helmet. I, I thought that was a good. Like, I did enjoy the epilogue. I know you said Chris, you thought it was a, a bit fast in a few of the scenes. I feel like John Favreau and Dave Filoni and some of their properties—they've done this a lot. Like at the the end of certain. It seemed this is another reason why I think this might end the series. Yeah. Because it seems like a culmination epilogue. This is where our characters are resolved. 
until we see them together in a future movie. Like, it just feels like a natural ending to me. Even though we do have the future of, you know, Jaren saying that he's going to go and, uh, you know, work with the New Republic. Everything was resolved like except the Mythosaur. But th- and it can be. Well, then Mythosaur gave Grogu a nod and was like, okay, <laughs> we're never seeing that character again. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I did love, I, I thought that that was a great scene between uh, Grogu mm-hmm. and the armor. And the way that the armor said he cannot speak, he cannot, you know, take the oath. And uh, he said, you know, he's like, I'll adopt him. And then the armor is very quick to accept that. The armor, once you give a a, a really reasonable point, she always like yeah. says, this is the way. And then everyone agrees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and damn, that was really cool. All right, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> she makes up what is the way. She's like, actually, that sounds pretty cool. That, that could be the way. <laughs> and then the community is in complete agreement is this the way this is the way this is the way uh there has been a popular fan theory which almost came to fruition not exactly verified or proved in the finale episode that uh, the fan theory is that the armorer was actually the one that raised din jaren uh, at least, you know, it, it takes a village, yada, 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 but the armor may have been a, uh, a, a defining source of, of being a parent or being a leader for Din. And the, the final scene right there where, where Din finally uh, adopts Grogu and the armor responds so pleasantly to that was, for a lot of people, that was vindication that, yes, indeed, that fan theory is correct. We don't have anything for sure. What do you guys think? Do you think the armorer and and Din Djarin have a much closer relationship than the, the seasons have Maybe. on? Well, I, mm. we know that, you know, when he was a kid, the ones that picked him up and flew him out were had the Death Watch symbols right. on their shoulders. So he's, he was always a part of this one covert. Now, I, 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 I think that makes sense. Yeah. Like, the way that we see him interact with the armor and the... We knew he's at least... She's at least his leader. Um... I could see she would be the one that's been the leader for 20 years, right? 15 years. But also, we don't know how old the armor is. That either. too. Like that's that's how mm-hmm. mysterious this character is. Like, um, and I really thought they would have probably shown her face at some point during the season. But um, that's kind of the the fun of that character, the mystery to behind behind the mask, as you'd say. The woman behind the mask, Emily Swallow. Emily Swallow, ladies indeed. and gentlemen. Um, just like. Uh, I forgot his name. Oh, Pedro Pascal, not the man behind the mask, because he did not set foot on set probably at, <laughs> all, at all this season. Which you know, <laughs> again, a- another amazing shout out to Brendan. Wayne yeah, and, and is that another piece of evidence, kind of hinting towards this being the finale of the Mandalorian TV show for good? The fact that the main actor just wasn't in this season of the show. <laughs> Literally phoned it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, Not that that was a bad thing. I mean, there were still great performances. Yeah, but great performances. It was, I, it was good. I mean, one of the best parts of this season, this episode, I mean, that fight scene of him with all the guards at the doors and everything, incredible. Oh, yeah. Just because Pedro Pascal's not the one doing the punching doesn't mean it's not a great show. 
Uh, but I do think that there's a lot of evidence pointing towards the possibility that the Mandalorian TV show has played its last episode and Star Wars will be moving on in different directions with Ahsoka and with all these new fun movies that they announced and all that good stuff. I, I would say one thing on that to kind of kind of counter what we've been speculating, because this is all speculation. We don't know if there's going to be a f- season four. But we do know that there was a Rangers of the New Republic TV show that was going to star Gina Carano's character and was canceled. Now, Mm. Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, did mention that that was going to be folded, some of those storylines, potentially into The Mandalorian. And the last scene truly sounds like (laughs) Rangers of the New Republic. So... That might be the full season four story arc, returning Captain Tiva, returning our favorite bounty hunter Bill Burr. Yeah. Uh, oh and yeah, I would love to see him to, back to, on to be screen. a part of the Rangers of the New Republic, which would be kind of interesting. Um, who knows what they did not announce anything, so we we don't know just yet. But um, there's going to be I, this isn't the last we're seeing of Dinjarin and Grogu. Because obviously Din, Din Grogu is going to be a part of Rey's uh, Jet, New Jedi Order yeah. about 65 years from now. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Course, gonna see, like, a, merchandise. A, a teen, a moody yep. teen Got Grogu. <laughs> I don't want to practice my Force powers. <laughs> yeah, Shut Andy, up, that, that's uh, great to hear you say that you're... Uh, you're a... You're a Palpatine. I don't want to hear I'm a Jaren. I'm a Din, I guess. Uh, Andy, it's yeah. great to hear you say that you're optimistic yeah. for more. I agree with you, uh, specifically in the sense that they could do just another book of somebody, but they don't even have to pick, you know, Boba Fett. They could have picked uh, the Book of the New Republic or or the the Book of the Galaxy or something. I, I mentioned to you uh, a week or two back specifically, I remember a conversation that you and I had. They didn't need to have the Book of Boba Fett. They could have had like the yeah. Book of the Galaxy or Tales from the Galaxy or something like that, where they could have had, you know, two episode, maybe three episode novel arcs of the galaxy. where uh, certain characters get reintroduced. That would have been a lot more, made a lot more sense to bring Mando and, and Grogu back together instead of just throwing it into the last parts of Book of Boba Fett. So it doesn't have to be Mandalorian season four now. It can be the book of something or it can be Tales of the Galaxy, or Tales of the New Republic, or Rangers of the New Republic, like you just said. And then the last three episodes of the show are Mandalorian again. Am I, I, I mean, tracking? Sure. It's just they—they they could do anything now. <laughs> they just—the characters have been primed and readied, and and they're all fueled up. It—it uh, it, it could go anywhere, and I'm—I'm I'm excited for that fact. I would be bummed if if this was the end of the show. Honestly, I. I kind of would be disappointed because I do want to see more just with the two of them um, and, and their adventures. And I do think it does create potential opportunity, but they no longer have their formidable opponent. So I don't know. But I'm very on board for seeing Grogu, Din Grogu with Ray. Yeah. 100%. Make that happen. Like it, yeah, it's, I think awesome. it's a guarantee. He just takes like a awesome. nice little 60 year hiatus going off on adventures with Din Djarin and I don't know, eating more frogs or something. Let everything that happened in the sequel trilogy just yeah. kind of happen, and then he comes back and hangs out with uh, Ray. 
eventually humans, you know, they they don't have a 900-year life expectancy. So uh, maybe Din Grogu can be like the the connection point between the Mandalorians and the uh and the new Jedi order. Who knows? But there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of cool storylines that could be set up, but a good resolution of the season and and a happy one. We often don't get very happy endings. There always is a death or some sort of climactic ending. This was just they defeated the villain and they survived and now they're home. Yeah. And I think it was a very clean resolution to the yeah. full story arc of The Mandalorian. All three seasons. The very first episode is uh, Grogu has been captured because someone's doing testing on him. We figure out what the testing is. We defeat the bad guy who is trying to steal his midichlorians to make a clone. Grogu is safe. Mando is safe. And they begin their life together. Beautiful story. I, I think they did a very nice job wrapping the whole thing up, which is why I'm, I'm in the camp that the Mandalorian is over now. Yeah. I, yeah uh, I'd have to agree with you. I, I think, could they come back for a season four that, that's more, you know, episodic, flavor of the week, monster of the week type? Sure. And I think people would respond well to that. But the need to force further plot points in or introduce the Shadow Council or talk about who the spies of the uh, First Order could potentially be, I don't think there's any need for that anymore. If they do come back for any more, uh, it, it could heck take it to animation. There's some brilliant animators that could do uh, episode by episode for as long as they want. Just Mando and Grogu. Uh, I don't know. Take it to the comics. Take it to a book. I, I'm not sure it needs to be this full live action production. Would I welcome the season four? Certainly. That's fair. But it it it's a nice bow. They're literally sitting on the porch mm -hmm. watching the sun rise over a grateful universe. Like it it doesn't. <laughs> need anything yeah, else it's beautiful <laughs> and ragnar has officially been <laughs> baptized with no That's monster true. <laughs> he hasn't been attacked by a monster in years at least days <laughs> <laughs> yeah so which which that was beautiful I'm, I'm so glad that that finally happened that was very beautiful so with that, thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Holocron Hoopla podcast. Let us know what you guys think about season three of The Mandalorian. Do you think that there will be a season four or is The Mandalorian done? Is the story of Din Djarin and Grogu come to a conclusion? Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you think, if we're going to get more or not. But as we're bringing this episode of the podcast to a close, let's go around. Let's get some final thoughts on the season quick final thoughts maybe on this episode and a final rating of the season on a scale of, of zero season. to order what a tall 66. order oh of the season can i go first here jamie i just want to get the my negativity out of the way so jake and chris can really <laughs> hide this if we're talking about the season i will say this is the the uh, least strong of the the three seasons absolutely it, the the storyline meandered for a good portion and i mm. am wholeheartedly believe that's because they if they would have just put the first those two boba fett episodes into this season yep with the reuniting of grogu we are stronger together the mandalorians are stronger together that arc would have made more sense to me 
Um, but there were some great episodes. The first episode in the season, um, the Pirate King episode. The Lizzo the, episode. The, two, the Lizzo episode was absolutely <laughs> oh, terrible. Um, the penultimate and then the ultimate episode but, were But what were about great. the Black... What about the Jack Black episode? Yeah, no, thank you for bringing that one up. Uh, so, but talking about this episode here, episode? great, great culmination experience. We've talked a lot about it. I would just say I'll give it a 55 out of 66, a little bit lower than my 60. The penultimate episode to me was in the top three and maybe will hit number one for me of Mandalorian episodes Agreed. ever. What do you think, Jakey? Um, for the season, um, I probably will give this a 58 out of 66. I thought it was hoopla. very entertaining. Uh, hoopla. 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 Um, but I did feel that it was more important for me to rate the episode, actually. So I'm going to drop an episode rating of 63 out of 66 for this episode for wow. me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conclusion to this season. Um, I felt like for me, uh the penultimate episode was also awesome but for me i personally was just so enamored by and enthralled by the acrobatic fight scene um that was just so sick and going through the energy beam hallways like you love jim and i know you know we had our little dismay with and our little you know discrepancies you gave this like the highest rating we've ever given an episode yeah so that's what i like to see yeah so i you know I was very thoroughly pleased, which is why I want to see more. And for that reason, if we do not see season four of The Mandalorian, this is the dismay. This is <laughs> this, this is the end. <laughs> um, wow, uh, that's a very high rating for the episode. Unexpected, yeah. but I love it. I love the enthusiasm and all the hoopla you're bringing, Chris. What did you think? And can you beat a sixty-three out of sixty-six? I'm not going to beat a 63, but I'll get close. I'm giving the episode a 60 out of 66. I thought Oopla. there really Oopla. weren't any major gripes. You know, you guys know me. I'm the gripe guy. I try to find and poke holes. But really, the only thing you could say about how this episode was uh, configured beginning, middle, and end was the end. It's some small things were wrapped up a bit hastily. You're right, Jamie. They could have maybe had 50 minutes of runtime included a bit more of the Moff Gideon storyline uh, could have put a, a, a cleaner, nicer bow on things, even though they did put a bow on things. It was just wrapped up a bit quick. Um, as far as the season goes, I, I'm going to give it maybe just a 50 out of 66 overall. There were definitely some high points. There were definitely some low points. And I think Andrew's correct when he says it's the weakest of the seasons. It just didn't feel like the Mandalorian for the first couple of episodes of this season, as opposed to the first two seasons as a whole, were definitely an adventure story for Grogu and Mando. And now that it's come to fruition here at the very end, in these final two episodes of season three, it got back to what Mando was supposed to be about. So the past two episodes really saved the season here. Uh, 50 out of 66 for the season. And this episode was certainly a highlight. I'll give it a 60 out of 66. Very Chris, nice. Just, to, just to note, you have had a higher episode rating in almost every Mando episode than I did. So while you didn't like the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power as much as I, 
Ah. You may have liked this season of Mandalorian Ooh. more than I. Well, I'm seeing Return of the King Extended Edition in theaters tonight, which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Oh damn. Wow. This is That's the incredible. Way. Beautiful. Hoopla. Tune in for this our Hoopla, Hoopla episode where That's Chris just talks about that hours. experience. <laughs> yeah. It's just me. Uh, yeah. It's just Chris talking by himself. Uh, that's incredible. I, can I join you? I'm driving down to Charlotte right now, baby. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I was probably going to review the episode. Jim, what did you think episode. of the episode? Yeah. I was not fully satisfied by this season finale episode. I think I agree with Andy. Last week's episode, fantastic. One of the best episodes we've ever had. This episode, it was fun. It was enjoyable. There were parts of it that were fantastic, like all the fight scenes we've talked about. And I think the overall storyline, like the ending points of all the storylines was very nice. I just don't think they did the best job they could have getting to those ending points. Specifically, I've talked about this all day, the Moff Gideon storyline was very disappointing to me. Um, the way that they just kind of rushed through it at the end. I I would probably give this episode like a 52 out of 66 for the episode. And I'll probably stick around that same region for this season as well. It was a fun season. I enjoyed most of it. Very different from the first two. I kind of liked the Adventures of Mando and Grogu style of seasons one and two. Uh, but it was very nice, and I think they did a good job ending every story. Like, where the characters are right now is a good place for them to be ended. Yeah. And if that's all you're looking for right. in a finale is for the final placement of the characters to be a satisfying one, then there you go. It's Agreed. good. They did their job. But with that being said, thank you all for tuning into this episode, this final episode of the Hologram Hoopla podcast talking about season three of The Mandalorian. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram because we've got some exciting hoopla coming up in the near future. Hoopla. We've got some movies coming hoopla. out. So we've got some more TV shows that will be hitting our streaming services at some point in the near future. Secret so Invasion. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram to stay up to date with everything we're going to be hooplaing about for we got the rest Mario of Brothers. all time. We got the Marvels. We got <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. We got... Some the other Flash. movie. The Flash. <laughs> we got... <laughs> we got Chris we got... talking about the Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> we... <laughs> and yeah. honestly, we do have to go back and just do a review of the original trilogy of... Yes. Star got... Wars movies. <laughs> <Even though it's laughs> he tricked Yay! us at the end. Holy is back. You'll see All us here. Hoopla is back. Yeah. 40th uh, anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Uh, we have to. We have I'm to going. You here soon. A new yeah, Return, hoopla. Return of the Jedi. No, I know. I'm going. I'm going to both. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's celebrate by rewatching the Return of the Mandalorian. <laughs> And with that, it is time for the moment of highest of highest hooplas, the quote of the episode. As Grogu said, no, 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 no. Hoopla. 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 The highest hoopla. (laughs) 